The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now, you're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The Kansas City Chiefs raising last week the championship flag. Actually, it happened over the weekend. Kansas City Chiefs 2019 World Champions. I always think it's a little presumptuous to say world champion because who knows? Maybe there's no. 11 guys no. somewhere in some other country that could come together and kick their ass. No. Negative Ghost Rider. They couldn't. <laughs> Sorry. They're the world champions. How do we know? The world's not invited. It's just NFL champions. Well, the that world's invited. bothers me. They know where America is and the NFL is. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They want to play football. Get, get it going. But I, I'm feeling pretty confident that nobody on any other continent country can assemble a team with Mahomes, Tyree Kill, Chris Jones, Honey Badger, any of those, and mess with them. Th- th- then why not take it farther? Why not say Solar System champion? Oh, okay. Why not say Why not say Galaxy champion? Well, we right? don't know the whole galaxy. You want to talk about? Well, no, we you were just you were just going to talk about the world, but now you're going to actually talk about things we don't know, right? So okay, but if you want to start a new thing, I'll jump on with you if you want to do that, like Galaxy champions. I, I could do that. Well, I mean, if 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 we're going to extend this beyond the boundaries of the National Football League and start claiming that whoever wins the NFL championship somehow has dominion over a broader geographic scope, why not go universe? Okay. Who, I mean, go multiverse. If you're going to start claiming territory, just claim all of it. Sure. Don't just claim the world. We've claim d- the whole freaking all of existence, all of God's creation. We know the where the we know our world a lot better than we do our universe. So we don't know. I mean, you look at the news lately. UFOs seem to be a real thing. Like no joke. Like have you seen some of those videos? Like you need to check it out. It's kind of cool. Kinda cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, and, and isn't, isn't it odd? I guess they picked the perfect time to admit to humanity that ufos have been visiting for years because everything else that's going on we're just kind of like yeah, yeah so okay. what <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. like that's the fifth oh, well. best story of the day <laughs> yeah. uh anyway uh the best story at least for the top of the hour the chiefs raising that flag i still haven't heard when they're going to give out the rings i haven't heard that they have given out the rings 
And Chris, you and I talked about the psychology of when to best give out the rings. They're not going to do it the night before the first game. We talked about that before Good. because Good. you don't you don't want you don't want that thing, that giant gleaming ring given to you as you're getting ready to go out onto the field to play the Texans, especially when among other things, you'd be worried about somebody stealing it out of your locker during the game. I know I would, because I know if I had a chance to steal one of them, I sure as hell would. Oh, damn. I you. say that jokingly. I know. I, I probably wouldn't. <laughs> I probably wouldn't, but you know what? I wouldn't want to be alone in a locker room with someone's Super Bowl ring and no one else around. I wouldn't want to have that test of character. Uh, I think you'd be okay. I trust you. Uh, but you're right. I don't think the, psycho the psychology of that would be good at this point. You know, maybe... Hey, have a barbecue or have some sort of gathering Friday after the opening game or Saturday. There's a little time off that the, the coaches and players will get. Maybe they do something like that, but I do. I think you're risking a, a total, you know, what, what do I want to say, distraction if you get the ring two to three days leading up to the, to the first game or the night before the day of. That'll, that'll be bad. I am uh, texting Ted Cruz right now, the Chiefs PR guy who is always very helpful to ask him, uh, what's up with the rings? Okay, and uh, there it went, real Great. time. Cool. Uh, we'll see if we'll see if Ted gets back to us. He's usually very good about responding, although it's seven a.m. Central Time Monday edition. PFT you said live. You were texting Peacock Ted only, Cruz. I was like, what? Who are you Ted texting? Ted Cruz. Yeah, Ted Cruz. Not Terry Cruz. <laughs> Ted Cruz. Yeah. Ted Cruz, the PR man extraordinaire of the Kansas City Chiefs, who always answers our questions, and he's been keeping me updated on what's up with the rings. Which usually they have them in June. It's here we are. Tomorrow's September 1. Yeah. No indication that you've gotten your Super Bowl ring. I mean, I, 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 I'm getting a little antsy. I want my ring. I want my hardware. I want, I want to be able to, to have closure for last season. Until I get that ring, I don't have my closure. So we'll find out if and when that's going to happen. Uh, in that same division as the Kansas City Chiefs, three contenders to try to topple them from winning the AFC West, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. And, Chris, uh, we're going to do a little scale of 1 to 10 here with several NFL topics. And the first topic, Derwin James, Chargers safety guy you interviewed a couple of weeks ago, a guy that we both believe is one of the best safeties in the NFL. He missed a lot of time last year with a foot injury, I believe. Now the report is he's likely to miss significant time Man. with a meniscus injury. And the thing about the meniscus, you know, it can go two ways. You can do the quick trim of the meniscus right. that allows you to come back quickly or you do the full-blown repair that doesn't compromise the cartilage for the future that takes a lot longer to heal. I remember Adrian Peterson had that injury in 2016, went with the repair, was out 15 weeks. So how much does this hurt the Chargers defense? Scale of 1 to 10 with 1 meaning they won't miss a beat and 10 meaning they're now, they'll now be the worst defense in the league. What does this do to the Chargers defense to not have Der Derwin James for a significant period of time. I, I, I'm a, I'm going to, you know, this is the perfect example of, you know, not one player makes a team. And Derwin James, you know, to be clear here, would there's nobody that wouldn't have Derwin James as one of the two or three best safeties in football. I mean, I, I don't know anybody. I certainly don't even, I think him and Jamal Adams are in a different stratosphere than the rest, right? But I'm saying, I'm going to say a three. You know, they, they played 12 games without him last year or somewhere in that ballpark. And they were a top six defense in football, you know. So the good thing is they have some guys there that it can at least play the part, and they're not going to just fall off planet Earth as far as the defense. Rayshon Jenkins, he's got some experience doing that. They drafted a Nasir Adderley out of uh, Delaware two years ago in the draft, who's a talented guy. So he'll be in the mix and probably more at free safety. But I don't think this kills their team because there's enough talent to go around and they have a little depth of that position to where at least I think it saves them.
And I agree with you on three. If 10 makes them the worst defense in the league and one is they're exactly the same, three seems fair because they're still a very good defense. They've got Melvin Ingram. He's yeah. happy again. He got his contract reworked. Joey Bosa's happy with $27 million per year. The pass rush has a lot to do with how good the secondary is. But, yeah, it would be nice to have one of the best safeties in football yeah, so available well. to play. And uh, th- this is not good for Derwin James. You start building that that reputation for getting injured, getting injured, getting injured, getting injured. It's back to what we talked about last hour with the Eagles. At some point, it's more than just bad luck. Right. At some point, there's something going on, and they need to start figuring out what they're doing to get Derwin James prepared, what he may be doing wrong, what they may be, need to do differently to help him avoid these injuries as he's supposedly on the front end of what should be a very bright prime for his career in the NFL. All right, in Chicago, head coach Matt Nagy says he won't announce a starting quarterback before week one when they play the Lions. One to ten. How much sleep will Lions coach Matt Patricia lose worrying about which Bears quarterback to prepare for with one being not a wink and 10 being he'll be up all night? Well, okay. I don't think it's going to keep him up all night. I think it's – I'm really – I think we're down to like we're back in the three to four range. I'll say four here. No, I think the thing that would probably keep a Matt Patricia up at least a little bit with this conversation is the movement of Trubisky. So that's where – Hey, drop back passing game, all those things. Hey, it doesn't matter who plays quarterback. But the difference between those two players is Nick Foles is a statue, and that's one of his great things. He's big. He can play in the pocket with people around him. Trubisky, as we know, we saw two years ago. He was one of the better running quarterbacks in football. We didn't see it last year. So that would be the thing I'd be worried about a little bit with Matt Patricia is just like, okay, we need to work on – you know, staying in our pass rush lanes to contain Trubisky, and then uh, and the added fact of Matt Nagy might have some quarterback design runs for Trubisky too, and that's where it'll be a pain in the butt. That's where I go with that three or four number. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If Foles were to be the quarterback for the Bears, and if he were to go 28 of 43 for 373 yards, three touchdowns, and a passer rating of 106.1, do you think that makes it more likely the Bears beat the Lions week one? Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. That's what he did against Matt Patricia's defense in Super Bowl 52. Boom, right. roasted. <laughs> I, I, I'm putting it up around a 7 or an 8 because I don't want falls. I, if I'm Patricia, I'm rooting for Trubisky to win that competition because I don't want to face falls again if I'm Matt Patricia. It's that simple. Well, yeah, I get it. You know, I don't know. I'm not going to put the Bears in the class of that Eagles team quite yet, okay? But uh, I understand. Fall, yeah, Foles is going to bring things from the pocket – that we haven't seen Trubisky do yet. So that that's the big question. Can Trubisky develop in that area? Can he become more consistent with decisions and throws and things like all, of all that, all the stuff that goes into the quarterbacking? So, you know, I, I think this is an interesting conversation, thing to watch out for here as we go on. I'm still saying I just feel like if it's close, you go with Nick Foles. That's the one thing I'll continue to say. I think Trubisky – if it, it, you know, he has a lot of talent, but we just got to see him become a quarterback. There's something there to build on. And I just would think that I think you're better off going Trubisky off the bench to save the day rather than if Trubisky is the starter and struggles and then they bench him, he might be done forever, really, or not done forever, but it'll be a huge blow to him altogether. And who knows where it goes? I just think you have some more positives by starting Nick Foles. I'll say what I always say in a situation like this. Whoever wins that job is winning the right to be the first one benched, and it feels Could inevitable be. that right. 
that that whoever gets that week one job, unless they hit the ground sprinting and the Bears end up being a playoff contender right out of the gates, at some point Matt Nagy's going to give into the temptation might, to see what the other guy can do. Might or the be necessity. Yeah, to see right. What he can do. Well, I was going to say like one of, might be one of those things where you actually go the guy who I think is more talented or better. I might make him number two if you don't feel like your team is ready week one. I mean, I I know some coaches. I'm not going to call them out or anything like that. But that is that's happened before. Where they, oh, our offensive line, our run game's not good yet. Let me, ooh, I, I think this guy's better. I'm not sure, but he's got a little inconsistency here. I'll make him two, start with one. And then, hey, you can always bench a guy. I mean, again, we saw the 49ers bench Alex Smith in the middle of a Super Bowl run. So if you even look at your team and go, hey, we're five and three, that doesn't mean you can't bench your quarterback. You could maybe think, oh, wait, the next guy I bring in is going to make our team significantly better than five and three and we're a more dangerous football team so there, there's a lot of room left in the season to to finagle that I guess and Alex Smith wasn't benched per se no he had a you're concussion. right Colin yeah, Kaepernick right. came in and played well and he played so well it was just a foregone conclusion right that that Kaepernick was going to finish it out but uh uh yeah look hey I a lot of times there's there's I think wisdom in holding that backup quarterback who you think is better because then you get the fans and the media behind you when you make the switch. Whereas if you had made that guy the starter right out of the gates, it may have been a lot more controversial. You you go through a couple of weeks of crappy football, and all of a sudden everybody is clamoring for that guy that that if you had gone with him to start the season, they would have said you were crazy. All right, let's move on to Teddy Bridgewater. Yesterday was the four-year anniversary of the knee injury that many thought would end his career. Now... He's back. He's grateful. He explained that in the ambulance ride on the way to the hospital after that knee injury, August 30 of 2016, he found peace and purpose in his life. And here he is, $22 million a year from the Panthers, the starter in Carolina, at least for now. Scale of 1 to 10, how likely is it that he's the long-term answer at the position? One being he gets benched in September. 10 being he eventually gets put into the Panthers' ring of honor. Whoa, well, that's a huge range there, okay? But I- I'm going to put it more in the 5 or 6 range. You know, I don't know. You know, getting inducted into the Panthers' Hall of Honor is going to take a number of years of success and team winning and all of that. But I don't think there's any way he's benched in September, all right? I just want to make that clear. I really have a hard time thinking there's any way he's benched at all this year unless it was just so egregiously horrible where we looked up and we were like, man, Teddy Bridgewater's got four touchdowns and 12 interceptions. That's the only way. Who the hell – first off, there's nobody there to bench him for right now. I mean, Will Greer, okay, whoa, there's some question marks there. P.J. Walker, now he did show something. There's no doubt about it. He's got a little talent. But I think with the investment they made in Bridgewater, where he's coming from, the mix with Joe Brady, who has been there in New Orleans, and the understanding of the offense and all of that, uh, I just think this is Teddy Bridgewater's team for this year, and there's, there won't be anybody blinking any eyes at all. You're still salty about them taking Will Greer in round three, defying your rankings of the quarterbacks going into the I'm 2019 not, draft. I don't get salty about You're anything. Salty. I don't get salty. I no, just, you never do. I don't, I don't see starting quarterback potential with Will Greer, and what I saw from him last year, uh, I felt like reaffirmed my thoughts on that. So that, that's where I just get a little worried about that. I wonder if they'll find a way to work P.J. Walker in from time to time as a little change of pace on Teddy Bridgewater. Yeah, a little like wildcat really action or something. Yeah, I hadn't, hadn't really thought of that, you know, but but he's got the history. 
with Matt Rule, the coach of the Panthers, going back to Temple. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why he's there. And he was one of the few exciting players in the XFL during the five weeks it was around. So that's I agree right. with you. With with a range that broad, right. he's definitely got the job wire to wire this year and probably next year too, unless they finish poorly enough that they're in the mix for Trevor Lawrence. And some people think they would like that to happen. Right. But uh, I think he gets the year. And if the other end of the spectrum is Panthers ring of honor, it's three or four, five at best because uh, uh, to get six, seven, eight, nine, ten, you're really going to have to be a guy who can show year-to-year staying power. And it remains to be seen. I hope he does. It's a great story. Yep, I always root for a great story. The fact that he's the starting quarterback four years after what happened to that knee is just amazing. All right, Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase, Jets running back and head coach, resolving their dispute, apparently, over the hamstring tightness that caused Gase to remove Le'Veon Bell from a recent scrimmage. Bell went to Twitter and said, ain't nothing wrong with my hamstrings. Gase said over the weekend, I was caught off guard a little bit, but we had a good talk. I told him I felt like our relationship was way better than him going on social media. One to ten, how much drama will we see around Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase this season? One, we'll never hear about it again. Ten, there'll be public sniping every week. What do you got? Well, I don't think it's either one of those. We're going to hear it again, I think. Public sniping every week, I don't think it'll be that. I- I'm going to go like a five here, though, somewhere down the middle of the road. I mean, it just seems like Le'Veon Bell can't help himself a little bit. You know, I think that's the big thing I look at, and I think Le'Veon Bell's got to be a little careful here. I do. You know, he doesn't have the, the ground to stand on like he's some superstar. I can say what I want on social media. I love I love Le'Veon Bell. Love his personality. Love his style of play when he's hitting on all cylinders. But, I mean, last year we know it was below average, and there was a lot of things around that, you know. But certainly Le'Veon Bell's play can be certainly, you know, uh, scrutinized a little too. And then he didn't even play the year before that. So, you know, we don't know where he is as a player right now, and I think sometimes he holds himself as he's, like, still one of the best running backs in the game or the superstar of the sport, and I don't think he's in that stratosphere right now, as talented as I think he is, and so we got to see. We got to see, and I think he's, uh, you know, pushing his luck a little bit sometimes here with some of these these outbursts and things like that. Like, don't say anything there. Just let it go. Be quiet. Let it go. Who cares? practice get ready for the season show us all that you're the Le'Veon Bell we remember from Pittsburgh and kick some butt this year this is a relationship that was really I don't want to say doomed from the start but maybe doomed is the right word when Gase didn't want Bell at the number they were paying yeah when when the Jets got got snookered into paying more because of supposed interest on the part of another team that really wasn't there it didn't exist and I suspect that Gase did his best to get GM Mike McCagnan to understand that, that this was a game that they were losing badly and they were going to pay a guy too much money. And as we've said before, the running back is not the starting point for a high-end offense. No. The running back is the ending point. Once you have the offensive line, the quarterbacks, the receivers, you throw a good running back into that, and all of a sudden you've got yourself a damn good offense. Right. You can't just throw a guy out there and have a bunch of not very good players around him and say, all right, go save the day. Only Barry Sanders can pull that off. Yeah, yeah. So, so I think from the start, the relationship was undermined. And look, they, they, they almost traded him last year. 
The only reason they didn't is Bell was unwilling to restructure his contract. He had two guaranteed years at $27 million total. Now we're into that second year. There's no guarantees beyond this season. I think if the Jets struggle out of the gates again, we're going to hear more talk about Le'Veon Bell possibly being traded. Yeah. And this time around, it's going to be easier to justify the trade because there's no guarantee after this season. So, you know, one of the wild cards for every player this year, Chris, is how much did they really do in the offseason? How engaged were they in the virtual program? You didn't hear much about that this year, right? Because the, 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 the level of media access wasn't the way it normally is. You know, what kind of shape was Le'Veon Bell in? Right. I've seen some reports that he's slower. Maybe he didn't put the work in in the offseason. Maybe that's why Adam Gase is talking about Frank Gore looking as good as he did 12 years ago. Maybe. Maybe Gore's going to get more and more touches by the time this is all said and done. I, I mean, maybe. I, I mean, again, it goes back to what we've talked about. I think there's a lot of guys that came in that are in faking shape. Like, oh, I, I lost some weight right before training camp. Or I did a lot of curls and bench press. So I look like I'm in shape in a tight shirt. But – yeah, okay, great. But the second you had to get in the three-point stands and somebody leaned on you, you you know, your back fell apart. Like, you're not in shape. And with Le'Veon Bell, I will say, listen, you know me. I look at men's bodies when they're in football uniforms. Yes, I do. Butts and legs, specifically. He looks very thin to me. That's the one thing I worry about. Thin, not as rocked up as he used to be. And I do worry about that. You know, I mean, running back is like the ultimate. You better be rocked up. You got to be able to take people on. You got to be twitchy and quick as hell and be able to explode through a hole or explode through an arm tackle, whatever that may be. And um, that was a little worrying the way it looked last year with Le'Veon Bell. So here we are in year two. Yeah. And he does like when he stands at the podium or I see him in his uniform. I, I understand. I, I can see why people would have those concerns. It looks like that to me a little t as well, and I haven't even got to really, really see him yet. So I'll be interested to see and gauge where he's at once we start for real here. Yeah, let's do one more real quick, and then there's been a development we need to share with you. Real quickly, Amari Cooper taking limited reps at a Sunday scrimmage for the Dallas Cowboys. Coach Mike McCarthy says it's not something to read into. One to ten, how likely is it that Amari Cooper is the Cowboys' leading receiver in 2020? One means Michael Gallup or C.D. Lamb will definitely leapfrog him. Ten means that Cooper will be dominating the targets. I do think he'll still get the majority of the targets. I do think that. So I'm going to put this one at like a six, all right, just to like to where he gets the majority of the targets. If there's ten passes thrown, you know, he gets five of them. You know, C.D. Lamb uh, or maybe I should say he gets four of them, C.D. Lamb gets three of them, Gallup gets two of them, and then like the tight end or Ezekiel Elliott or the next guy in the, in the, the option list there. So uh, I still think with all the money they're paying him, they're paying him that type of money, and he is a superstar talent-wise. You know, yeah, they're going to feed him the ball with what he can do. But injuries are the thing with him. I, I mean, injuries, the weird way it was in Oakland. Last year he had some bad moments because he was injured and he was still playing, but he wasn't worth a damn out there. And the spotlight's on him with all that money they gave him this offseason. I'm stunned still that the Cowboys paid him two years, 40 million. It's not five years, 100. It's two years, 40. After that two years is over, I think it's over for Cooper in Dallas. And I think the reason they did it, they gave up a first round pick to get him foolishly. And they bragged about, hey, he's our first round pick in 2019. We gave up our 2019 first rounder to get him halfway through the 2018 season. Well, they're not letting him walk away after a season and a half. Right. So they sign him for two more years. They get him for three and a half years. They can justify getting value, even though they paid a hell of a lot more 
for Cooper than they would have paid by just drafting a first-round receiver. And now they've got Michael Gallup, who's getting closer to the point where he'll need to be paid. He's got two years left under contract. C.D. Lamb, if he becomes the real deal, this is a no-brainer. Cooper traded or cut in two years, and I think we're going to yeah. see one of these guys chew into his numbers. I'm going to go three or five. I'm, I'm going to go five. Okay. Right down the middle. Yeah. I'm not going to pick a side here. I think Cooper is just going to be part of the picture. It's, he's not going to be the dominant number one guy, but he's not going to be completely overrun by one of the other guys. It's going to be spread around as it should be. Throw the ball to the open man. Yeah, I, I, I agree I, as well. I, I think that there'll be a lot. Yes, you're right. It's going to be spread the wealth, done by committee, you know, with a little favoritism towards Amari Cooper, but uh, I'm with you, and it, they got good problems to have there. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to watch that Cowboy offense this year. Well, uh, a little news coming out Whoa. of Jacksonville now. I'm sending out some text messages to pick up some more details. Whoa. NFL Media says the Jaguars have cut running back Leonard Fournette. Cut, gone, out. I, I saw it characterized by someone as waived. No, he's got four years in, right? He's in his option year. He, he becomes is. a free agent. He right. doesn't have to pass through waivers. He can sign with anyone he wants. Um the thing, though, is he's got that guaranteed contract for this year. That guaranteed contract still may be the subject of an arbitration because, remember, it's been a couple of years now the Jaguars tried to invalidate yes. the guaranteed money remaining in his contract because of the suspension against Buffalo when he ran across the field and, and got into a fight and got suspended for that game. And I think some other things they threw onto that fire to try to avoid owing him his money fully guaranteed without offsets either. So it's not going to matter. If, if someone else pays him, the Jaguars always do their first round draft pick, full guarantee, top 10. And they're in the top 10, it seems like every year with no offset language. So this is all free money if Fournette wins. But, you know, Chris, when they were trying to trade him yeah. earlier this year, one of the things that was said to me, and I think it makes a ton of sense and it helps explain this, he doesn't fit that offense. The Jay Gruden offense is not a fit for Leonard Fournette, and I no. think they've realized after a month of training camp, it doesn't make sense to try to cram a square peg into a round hole. I, I mean, I'm I'm still surprised. Yes, I mean he is not that style of runner, maybe for the the Jay Gruden uh, offense. I, I get that, but man, just to release him and let him go, a guy that's as talented as Leonard Fournette, I am surprised. I, I just I wonder what happened here. I mean, this is a guy. It, it, I just I somebody's gonna gobble him up. I mean, he's gonna go to waivers now, right, Mike? Is that is no, that yeah, no he's waivers. free total? I'm totally free. Agent. free. He can yeah. go anywhere he wants. Oh my gosh! Whoa! All right, just I, I mean, just because I'm I'm in fanboy mode right now, I'm already thinking Pittsburgh Steelers are going for Leonard Fournette. That's who we said. Yeah, that's who we said you trade for him. Yeah, I know. Now you're getting him for free. Now you're getting him for and free. I, I agree with you. Any they, other and, names? And look at what he yeah. Look at look at what he did in Pittsburgh. Right. We need to dust off our draft. Didn't we do a draft of who should who should trade for Leonard Fournette? That was pre-draft spring, though, right? so that yeah. may have changed some things. But they only um, got the Anthony McFarland kid out of uh, you know oh, Maryland. Dealers definitely. So I that, that, definitely yeah, right. Any other teams that jump into your brain here as you sit here and look at this right away? I'm just trying to quickly go through it. Um, Seattle Seahawks, they got some, you know, injury issues up there. Would they want to mess with a guy like that because of, you know, of course, uh, uh, Rashad Penny coming back from injury and Chris Carson, man, the Philadelphia Eagles, we know they got a running back issue right now too. They might be involved in this conversation too. Is this the Chicago bears? We know David Montgomery just went down right a little bit. I don't know. I don't think it's anything serious with the groin injury. So, yeah, there's going to be some suitors for Leonard Fournette. He's just too big, too physical, too raw of a specimen to sit out there for long. 
There's been a lot of buzz about Chris Thompson coming out of Jaguars camp. Now, yeah. look, he's more of a change of pace guy, 5'8", 195. But uh, you, you look at this depth chart, whew, they may have to trade for somebody. Maybe they trade for James Conner after the Steelers signed Leonard Fournette. And, and this tells me that they made one last-ditch effort to trade Leonard Fournette. You just don't cut him like that. You at least make a couple of phone calls. Uh, to see if there's any interest whatsoever in Leonard Fournette, but they decided to move on. We have to move on, but we'll talk about this later in the program, and if not, we'll pick it up in PFTOT. Who takes over for the Jaguars in the backfield? Where does Leonard Fournette land? Who are the teams that should pursue Leonard Fournette? Maybe we'll put out a question on Twitter and see what folks have to say about that. For now, though, we're going to stay in the state of Florida. We're going to take a break. Stay to the franchise. Number six on the PFT preseason power rankings, a team that hasn't been to the playoffs in a very long time. Maybe poised to crash the party this year with hashtag Tommy at quarterback. We'll talk Buccaneers when PFT Live continues right after this. The defense made the plays all day. I don't know if the offense made any plays. Uh, might have been reading their press clippings that they're so good because uh, they didn't show up today. There was 11 guys that stunk. It wasn't just them. Uh, it was, uh, hasn't been a problem until today. They just The red shirts had so much more energy in that practice than the white shirts. I think the white shirts thought there was some, something good after Friday, and uh, they didn't show up today. Bruce Arians uh, not pulling punches as he typically doesn't do. He makes his thoughts known, and he's not happy with his offense, but everybody else is. That's why we have them at number six on the preseason power rankings. And look, Chris, I, Arians may just be doing the football coach thing where the offense isn't as good right now as he wants it to be. It's still pretty good, but not as good as he wants it to be. So he's going to light the fire a little bit, apply the red hot poker and try to get them ready for the Saints coming to town or they're going to town there. I got to go check the week one schedule again. Either way, the two teams are playing. They're going to the Saints. They're going to to the Saints. They are. Two weeks from now, 13 days from now, we'll find out what the Buccaneers can do. But at least for now, Bruce Arians sounding the alarm. Well, yeah, I, I mean, it, there's ebbs and flows through training camp. You know, the, the energy can be off. Hey, one team dominated. The offense dominated the 11-on-11 scrimmage two days ago. The defense has had to hear about it. Now they're pissed off. They're going to be ready to go. The defensive staff throws a few curveballs at the offense that they're not prepared for and hadn't seen in training camp. So that's the stuff that goes on. The game's been there also hey offense I think in a lot of ways especially if a defense comes out and you're not prepared for it that's going to be something to watch for it's like what Tony Dungy said last week I think we could see some moments of sloppy play like hey we're preparing for the Saints we're preparing for the Saints wait the Saints are playing this defense week one we we didn't see this in the preseason oh that's right there is no preseason they didn't play this last year Wait, oh, hold on. We got to go to the sidelines and figure out how to pick up this blitz or deal with this coverage. I think we're going to see a lot of that. But regardless, I mean, the excitement for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is as high as I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, it really is. I feel like it's higher than even when John Gruden went to the Bucks teams and all that. It's amazing what we're seeing right now. And I am excited about that offense and what they have on that side of the ball. Certainly. But it is a new quarterback and some moving parts and all of that. Uh, and you just wonder how long that'll gel, let alone, Mike, the other thing, too, is just, hey, it's a great front seven, but that secondary really struggled last year, and we talked about it. It was one of the worst pass defenses in football, too, and we need to see that aspect of their team turn around, too. No matter who you got on offense, that's got to be better this year. Yeah, and look, how often do you see one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest quarterback of all time, 
change teams, still have plenty of gas in the tank, even though he's 43. They get Rob Gronkowski out of retirement. All the indications are he's the guy he always was. We'll see whether or not that's the case. But there's a lot of reason to be excited. This is a team that was 7-7 seven and seven with Mr. 30-30 in a bad way. Well, half of it in a bad way, half of it in a good way. First guy ever with 30 and not first guy ever, but one of the, was he the first guy ever, Pete, with 30 interceptions and 30 yes, touchdown first passes? Guy yes, ever. first guy ever. Charter member. How soon we forget. Jameis Winston. Uh, and, and he fell apart those last couple of games. That was the reason why Bruce Arians said enough. We can't have a guy this close to the finish line of the season just start throwing up interception after interception and just collapsing. And uh, you take Tom Brady, you put him on that team that was otherwise 7-7 seven and seven through 14 games. And at a minimum, at a minimum, Chris, they're going to get the seventh seed. The question is, how high up do they go? Unless Brady gets injured and it's the Blaine Gabbert show, uh, they're, they're getting into the playoffs. The question is, do they win the division? Do they somehow emerge with the only buy that will be available in the NFC? But but this team, I think, is going to be dramatically better. It's a different attitude. It's a different mindset. They've got great weapons that were already there, better weapons than Tom Brady has ever had collectively. Two guys on the field who will need to be doubled at all times, which becomes pretty hard to do if you've got Evans and Gronk still playing like Gronk. I mean, that, that's why I put them in the top 10. That's I why it. I put them at number six. I mean, it's obvious to me if, if guys pick up where they left off, even Brady diminished last year, and he was diminished in comparison to past years, yeah. I still think he puts them in a position where they can be one of the best teams in the conference, if not one of the best teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think there's certainly that potential. Is I'm not as like steadfast on going, they're definitely getting the playoffs and all that. No, I'm, I'm not. I got too much respect for the overall sport of football to just sit here and just go, oh, they've accumulated a quarterback and they got a tight end who didn't play last year and is banged up and beat up and now they're going to go to the playoffs. I'm not ready to just like stamp that. I understand the potential there. I do. I mean, I, I get it. But I still I got I got questions. Yeah. I mean, like we've talked about, Brady didn't win one damn game for the Patriots last year. Not one. He couldn't make a damn play at the end of the year. So I'm not going to sit here and just go, oh, they got Tom Brady. Watch out. Fireworks ever. I'm not. Offensive line has been an issue there a little bit. Running games. There's not, not been that. So there's questions there, let alone. I don't, you know, new team, all of that. Offensive line, questionable. Got to go play the Saints week one. I mean, I could see this offense kind of getting off to a slow start. And I will say this too. I still, I think sometimes we talk about Bruce Arians and, 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 and him sometimes. Like he's like this bona fide, oh, I go to the playoffs coach every year. And I want to go, hey, I love Bruce Arians. I love his offense. But he, it's only been one year of like, whoa, that was a good team. So I, there's a lot there I got to see kind of come together. I see the potential, and I'm excited for it. And you know, after the New York Giants, I mean, the Bucks they have my heart. They drafted me. I loved playing there. I loved that fan base. But in my reality of football, I just say, I guess what I'm saying is I have questions. And I just I, – I, I wonder if they'll maybe read their press clippings too much like they're saying and think that they're just, oh, we got all these names and talent. We're going to hit the ground running. I could see them struggling a little early in the year uh, before they kind of get it going. But that's the thing about this season. We have no idea none, who's going to be complacent, who's right. going to be motivated. We've seen nothing. And and even when there's a scrimmage, right, it's limited 
information yeah. that makes its way out. It's limited video because they're all trying to protect the bottom of the roster and, and all the games they're going to be playing as to who they release, who they try to get on the practice squad for COVID-19 purposes. This is a complete blank slate going into week one, and we won't know whether or not a team falls flat, whether or not a team is motivated to go wire to wire as one of the best teams around. We just won't know. But with Tom Brady and given that motivation he's had throughout his career, given what he did in the offseason, bringing those guys together, yeah. the double-barreled middle finger to the NFL Players Association when the union said stop it with the workouts among players until training camp opens because of the pandemic. Brady is motivated. He's driven. It's it's who he is. It's yeah. 20 years no doubt. Of, of the Patriot way that he's bringing to Tampa Bay. And again, they were 7-7. Seven and seven last year without him right I, I think that I think that they're they're going to eventually get to where uh you know he would be if they were in New England that they will be one of the teams that that needs to be reckoned with and uh and he gets to prove that he can thrive without Bill Belichick as Bill Belichick tries to prove he can thrive without Tom Brady yeah no I mean uh, listen uh, again yeah Brady's still got a big time arm all those things he did in the offseason are certainly going to be beneficial to that football team. And he's, he's great that way. He's fearless. He's a great leader. Uh, but, it, you know, again, I, just, I guess where I'm just trying to be a little, you know, a little skeptical is just, yeah, we got to see it all come together. And, and I guess what I do look at sometimes, too, is just, hey, I, I, the defense, you know, we don't talk about that much. This front seven, what they got there. I mean, when you talk about their front four, JPP, Vita Via, what's his name? Via Vita or Vita Via? I'm so sorry to this. Vita Vea, I'm so Vita sorry Vea. to you. I don't mean to do that. None of the above. Gosh, Vita Vea, Gosh, none of the I above. I kill his name all the time. And Damakun Sue and then Shaquille Barrett, backed up by Levante David and Devin White, who's a top 10 pick linebacker two years ago. I mean, that front seven, you know, despite if the offense and struggling and things like that, if they're not ready to go week one and hitting on all cylinders, that front seven should be able to, hey, Tom, you don't got it all down yet. It's all right. We can dominate this game. We can hold this offense in the check. I think they might have to depend on that a little bit. And the big thing is they're going to have to depend on some young guys in the secondary who I think have a lot of talent, but they're just young and unproven. And last year let up a lot of big plays, and I think that'll go a long way too to just seeing how far this team goes. You're a little All high. Right then, best You're a little high for me at six. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's yeah. usually what I say to you. <laughs> yes, I know. <laughs> best case, worst case for the Buccaneers. I don't see Super Bowl. Okay, I'm gonna say best case NFC Championship game. I, I, I I'm, I'm gonna say that's the absolute best case. Worst case. I think like what we saw last year, seven and nine, eight and eight, just missed out on the playoffs. But I think that's about as bad as it can absolutely get. How about Buccaneers 49ers oh. in the NFC Championship game? Whoa. Tom Brady taking on his boyhood team, the team that spurned him when he made an overture back in March. And let's say 49ers up 28-3 in the third quarter. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> You're funny. Let's say it'd be a hell, of a, a hell of a game. Of course, Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers, with the offensive coordinator of the Falcons. But it wasn't his fault that they blew that lead. He wasn't playing defense. And uh, I, I just want to be clear on that. I don't want to get you all fired yeah, up. Yeah, don't get me pissed off. So what do you think? What are you up? saying? You going Super Bowl? Winning Super yeah, Bowl? Yeah, I am. 
Yeah. yeah, I think they can win the Super Bowl. I'm I'm sorry. Look, how many times do we have to have Tom Brady prove to us who he is and what he can do I and how you. he can manipulate a defense? And with that group of weapons, you know, the key is, can he stay healthy? And the key is, regardless of where his legs are week one, where will they be week 17? Where will they be in January? The aging process continues. It's not like once football season starts, everyone's frozen in carbonite and their bodies don't continue to get any more beaten up and broken down. And if he gets hit, if he takes hits, if he can't get rid of the ball quickly, he's potentially going to be just like Peyton Manning limping into the station, but also hoisting a Super Bowl trophy a few years ago in his final season with the Denver Broncos. So I think best case win the Super Bowl, worst case seven seed and uh, and lose uh, in the in the opening round of the playoffs. That's because this team's making put me to, old takes exposed. Yeah, I, I, well this, we know you've been saying it. Getting the seven seed, you've been They're saying at least getting it. Getting the seven seed. Yep. Don't so, worry, I'll be. Well, I'm, I'm not going to forget this one if they don't make it. <laughs> in. Don't you forget? I'll I'll remember. Don't you worry. It won't be Tom Brady's fault if it happens. <laughs> okay. The uh, Buccaneers are trying to snap a long playoff drought. What we're going to do when we return, we're going to draft this year's playoff party crashers. Every year, there's four, five, six teams that make it that didn't. Who are the six most likely to make it this year who didn't last year? More PFT Live right after. Around any corner, within every battle, and with the dawn of each new day, the threat of the unexpected, the unpredictable, and the unrelenting lies in wait. But Marines will always be there. They are the constant in the chaos. No matter the battlefield, Marines adapt to win, defeating every shifting threat, protecting our nation's future. The few, the proud, the Marines. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Sunday highlights from the National Hockey League. Colorado Stars, Dallas Avalanche. Oh, no. Oh, no. Kale McCarr. Putting the puck right in a bat. Oh, no, I had it, and oh, oh. He can't say he had popcorn. The Brucey excuse doesn't work. The Stars go on to win. They lead the series 3-1. to one. That was Denis Gurionov with the easy goal. How about the Flyers and the Islanders? Brock Nelson, two-on-one. Islanders taking care of the Flyers. Oh, the give and go and the give back, and there's the goal, and the Islanders up 3-1. to 3-1. to one. 
Boy, it would be awful if they blew a 3-1 lead to the Flyers and ultimately didn't advance. That would be a shame, Matt Casey. <laughs> All right, more hockey coming up. Two games tonight. Boston, Tampa Bay, Dallas, Colorado. Both the Lightning and the Stars can close out their series as we get closer and closer to hoisting the 2020 Stanley Cup. All right. And you know what? We don't have to lay out. We don't have to say we'll be right back. I was back totally surprised by that. I was like, whoa, Look hey, at that. we're Didn't here. Didn't have to say anything. Here we go. I don't want to get too used to that because it's constructed very differently between the re-air and Peacock. But if you have been wish, uh, watching the show all along, you know we're on Peacock only for the foreseeable future because of the Tour de France. We always stand down on NBCSN for real sporting events. But the good news is because we're on Peacock, we can still do the show. But for Peacock, Chris, we wouldn't be doing the show for – the three weeks that go right into the season. That's I don't know crazy. what I do with myself. I don't so know either. So thank you, Peacock, uh, so we can continue to talk about the sport we love. And the thing we're talking about today, the draft of the teams that will make the playoffs that didn't make it last year. The party crashes to the playoffs, and we know the turnover is great every single year. So that's where we are today. I have the trivia question for Chris. Chris, here we go. The Buccaneers have the second longest active playoff drought in the NFL, 12 seasons. The Browns currently have the longest with 17. Name the starting quarterback of the last Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff game, which came in the 2007 wildcard round. Oh, wow. Geez, this is – I mean, this is what color is blue. I mean, there's uh, Jeff Garcia, of course. I was on the damn team, so I, I'm not that crazy. Uh, I'm hey, 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 Pete, what are you doing? Pete forgot. Pete forgot you were still on the team. Yeah, well, yeah, you know, that's uh, Pete's. You know, that's yeah, Pete's a great friend. He knows a lot about my life, as you could tell. I mean, <laughs> thanks, Pete. Thanks a lot. Yeah, I was still on the team. Yeah. I was barely a year after dying, so yeah, I was. I was there still. Sorry. Uh, yep. Yep. I was. So, I get the first pick on the draft, right? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you get another gift. You get a, you get a birthday gift two days later. Yeah, good. I don't really want to take the Bucks, but I know you're going to take them, so I'm taking the Bucks from you. Okay, here we go. I'm going with Bucks as a playoff party crasher. I really am. I mean, listen, there, there's too many things on the roster not to like regardless. You know, am I skeptical in some ways and some things? I definitely am. But with Brady and Gronk and good tight ends to go along with it and the wide receivers they have, a special front seven, yeah, they're certainly one of the teams I look at to be, you know, the 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 new team in the playoffs that didn't make it from last year. Uh, it's a very talented roster, and I think the Brady effect, like what you talked about, you know, it is real. How he got that team together in the off season, getting everybody on the page, everybody's holding themselves probably a little bit more accountable than in years past down there because Brady's on their butt all the time and all those things too. So uh, I will take Tampa Bay. Yeah, I don't know that that would have been my first pick. No, you're I, I think full you of left it. You're a just, better one. You're full I, of it. You are so full of it. I think you left it. a better one on the board. I think from the standpoint of making the playoffs, right? I, I, I you think just the said they're going to win the they could win the Super Bowl. You didn't say the Colts I could didn't. win the Super Bowl. So stop trying and, to just and, to crap on my picks, just to crap on my picks. All right. And I did say the worst case for the Buccaneers is make the playoffs. Yes. Uh, the worst case for the Colts, I did not say was make the playoffs. I'll right. agree with you there. Okay. Thank but you. still, I'm taking the Colts. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. There, there are a couple of teams in the AFC that I think I would select, but the one that jumps out to me, a team that was seven and nine last year despite having Andrew Luck retire a couple of weeks before the start of the season and then having a good start. I think they were 5-2 and two at one point, I Chris. so. I and then yep. Jacoby Brissett got injured, and it all fell apart for right. them after that. And uh, they, they were a team that could have made it, should have made it, and would have made it last year if Brissett had stayed healthy all season long. He was never the same once he came back from that MCL injury. So with Phillip Rivers, 
assuming we're not going to see on a weekly basis the guy who was throwing up interceptions in primetime games last year, seven in back-to-back primetime games. I think the Colts do enough to get in, especially with that seventh spot available. Give me the Colts as my first pick. Yeah, I, I'm with you. That's I, I'm, I'm going to – I honestly – I feel like there's things I like about their team and their roster and their chances maybe more than the Bucks in a lot of ways. Uh, but – it's a pretty damn good football team. It's got So def- you're saying you should have picked the Colts. Well, I, I said I just wanted to pick the Bucks for sure just to mess up your draft. All right. I just felt good about that on a Monday, uh, late in August. So they just felt right. All right, I'm going to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my next team. I mean, it's a Super Bowl caliber defense. That's the first thing I'll say. I mean, it's one of the best in the game. They were winning games by themselves almost last year. And then I think, you know, Big Ben being back, the addition of Chase Claypool. All of those things, I think that, of course, is going to help this offense immensely. And then Eric Ebron being there at the tight end position, along with Vance McDonald. Uh, I I look at Pittsburgh as being one of those teams to jump back on the scene in a big way this year. Uh, They they were too good, too talented last year, just had issues at quarterback, couldn't make any plays in the pass game. That won't be a problem this year. The reason I passed over them for the Colts, I'm yeah. more concerned about the durability of Ben Roethlisberger than I am the durability of Phillip Rivers, I even though that. we should be concerned about both. I still wonder whether or not the elbow thing last year was a sign of things to come. And this year it's going to be something else. And next year it's going to be something else. Right. And his body is in the process of breaking down because of the abuse it's taken, the physical pounding it's taken over the years. Uh, being a guy who has always had someone hanging all over him and you know you carry around – uh, a lot of weight, and he's a big guy on those joints. It may be time for a rebellion of basically every joint from his hips to his knees to his ankles. All right, uh, next one for me. And I'm a little hesitant here to say Cowboys, but they were 8-8 eight and eight last year, and they almost made it last year. I just feel like they are so good at underachieving, they'll find another way to do it. But seven spots in the NFC and the AFC. Uh, I, I've I've got to think that the Cowboys can't miss out this year, and they're kind of on that Vikings every other year vibe anyway. Right. So this is a year the Vikings don't make it, so the Cowboys take their spot instead. Uh, it's not going to take much of an improvement to get in position to get one of the seven spots in the NFC, and with Mike McCarthy there, that kick in the butt, and C.D. Lamb, uh, Dak Prescott in another contract year, Ezekiel Elliott with a chip on his shoulder. That, that rotation of pass rushers they're grooming, I think it's enough to get the Cowboys in. Yeah, I, I, I think that would have been my next pick, Mike, certainly. Just you know, too many talented guys on the roster. Yeah, you're right, the kick in the butt by Mike McCarthy, you know, Mike Nolan on the defensive side. I think that's worth, you know, that energy and, and everything like that is worth a win or two to, to improve that football team at the very least. So I'm with you there. Oh, man, this is where it's tough. This is really tough. I mean, I got like four teams I feel like I could pick for for this. You know what? I'm going to go out on a limb because I want to, and I'm rooting for it to happen, and I'm rooting for the city. and everything. I'm going the Cleveland Browns. I am. I'm going with it. I don't care. I just, I, I mean, damn. Hopefully they learn from last year. Kevin Stefanski seems very even keeled, has a plan, knows how he wants to approach the year. Joe Woods as a defensive coordinator. And then a lot like the Cowboys – it's just the roster is so damn good. You know, you just you look at the front four. You look at the receivers. The offensive line's improved now. You know, they're running backs. Some young secondary guys that, I, that you like. Okay, a little unproven there. But 
Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm going with the Browns. I am. I mean, I thought about the Chargers. They're in that conversation. The Rams, the Falcons. Uh, but I don't know. I just want I want to you see know, the I still Browns have a pick. and all that. I know. I don't care. You know the teams that are available. Go ahead. All right. I, I'm going to go with the Falcons then. Yeah. If you're going to leave the Falcons, I'm, I'm going with the Falcons. Finished 6-2 and two the second half of last year. And, again, that, that extra spot is Crazy. all the difference in the world. And, and we're so caught up in Saints and Bucks and Saints and Bucks and Saints and Bucks. I could see the Falcons kind of sneak in and, and maybe swipe one of those spots. And a point that I think Peter King made, the, the idea that uh, if you get us, you could, you could get a very compelling two and seven matchup between teams from the same division. Yeah, you could. Uh, which which you, you go from previously having a bye as the team with that two seed to now having to welcome to town a team that you play twice a year every year that is not intimidated by you at all and would not, love nothing more than to kick your ass out of the playoffs before the playoffs even truly get started. Uh, the, the Falcons, if they get that seventh seed and it's the Buccaneers or the Saints, that could be a very, very dangerous game right out of the gates. But I think the Falcons, good enough to get there. You know, health is going to be an issue for all these teams. But uh, if they can continue that momentum that we saw last year, this is a team that I think should breeze into the postseason, Chris. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I, I get you. I mean, the Falcons, it's, it's big time talent on that football team across the board. Yeah, it all comes down to the injury bug. Can they stay healthy? They're very top heavy. You know, two or three injuries early on in the year, the last two years, have basically ruined their season to where they just don't have guys that can fill in. So, you know, maybe a little bit more depth on the team this year, uh, but health is going to be the big issue for them, and, and if they can stay healthy, they're going to be dangerous. All right, back to the story that we were discussing earlier, and none of us picked the Jaguars, shockingly, to crash the playoff party. The Jaguars shedding the fourth overall pick in the 2017 draft. Leave the Bears alone. Far worse than trading up for Mitchell Trubisky was the decision of the Jaguars to take Leonard Fournette when Patrick Mahomes and Deshaun Watson and Christian McCaffrey were all still on the board. The Jaguars waving Leonard Fournette. I, for some reason, I thought he had four years in. Of course, he didn't. He's got three years in, which means he goes through waivers, which complicates this process now, Chris. He's not a free agent. Forget what I said yeah. when we first heard about this, and I didn't really have a chance to think it through. I still should have known that he's that he's only in his fourth year. Um, $4.167 million. Fully guaranteed, no offset language. That's what you step into if you claim Leonard Fournette on waivers. I think you also inherit the pending grievance that the uh, Jaguars and Fournette are fighting over regarding this question of whether or not the guarantees apply this year. Yeah. I think that doesn't just go away, but he's going to go based on draft order. Bengals get first dibs working all the way down to 32 to put in a waiver claim. I'm still going to be surprised if anyone does. That's a lot to take on sight unseen, knowing that you possibly are going to have to pay out every penny, even if it doesn't work out. I'm not going to be surprised if he goes through waivers unclaimed. Well, I, I will be. I, I think he's too talented to, to get become, you know, go through waivers unscathed, uh, at least. I, I do. And I think it's a, at least a price tag that, yeah, it's, it's a good chunk of money. We know that. But I think it's, you know, you, you could swallow that as an NFL franchise. The big thing is where who who goes after him? Like, because you look at the teams at the top of the draft. You know, the Redskins are the first – Washington, I'm sorry, everybody. Washington football team, that's the first team you look at, right? I mean, they got running back issues, so maybe he ends up playing there. But then you go down the list, Mike. I don't know. Do the Chargers get involved? You know, with just, you know Austin Eckler, Justin Jackson, are they going to be in business? The Miami Dolphins—they have Matt Breida and Jordan Howard. 
Do they do it? Uh, but I think it's going to be very interesting to see where he goes here when all said and done. The Bengals have first dibs. They've got Joe Mixon. Then right. comes Washington. Detroit at three. The Giants at four. They've got Saquon right. Barkley. The Dolphins at five. But again, you're going to have to be willing to commit $4.167 million. Not huge money, but it's a significant chunk. But the guy played well last year, and I think it came down to he didn't fit in the Jaguars' offense. And also, I think they'd had enough of the, the, the headache yeah, that he sure. brings along with uh, with him. We're going to continue the discussion in PFTOT of where Leonard Fournette may land and what the Jaguars are going to do at tailback. We're also going to talk about Jadavian Clowney now that Yannick Ngakwe has been traded. Does anyone want Clowney? We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody have a great day. Thanks for joining us. See ya. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway. And on it, there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. So go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.